0: is The Talking Dead,
1: a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 446, recorded on Tuesday, August the 27th, 2019. Tuesday! We're back to Tuesdays. Well, we are indeed recording on a Tuesday this week, and I apologize to everyone for the early podcast. The reason is that I have some work travel coming up tomorrow, and it leads right in through the long weekend, the Labor Day long weekend, which is next weekend, or I should say this weekend. So I won't be available to record on Thursday, and since I leave tomorrow morning, I can't do it Wednesday, so we have to do it tonight, which is Tuesday. Well, there it is. It is. Um, and I wanted to apologize because I, I'm i sorry that if there were people out there who were still composing their feedback or thinking about sending it in, now you're going to be too late for the podcast, and I feel bad about that.
1: Well, we'll try and squeeze it
0: in next week, maybe, we if could. it's appropriate. We could. Uh, I often do that. If something's relevant, I hang on to it or use it later or something. Um, so maybe that will happen. The other problem, though, is that... It also means that I feel like I may not have had enough time to properly digest this episode of the show, and so I worry that I'm about to sit here for an hour and talk about a TV show that I don't have clear thoughts on or maybe the ability to make sense of what I'm saying. So we'll have to see how this goes.
1: Yeah. The way I look at it is it's like you're taking a dump at work when the fire alarm goes off. I mean, sure, you can get up and you can get yourself uh, out of there okay. You know, get yourself cleaned up, wash your hands and then leave. But it's just, it feels unfinished. You know, it just doesn't feel quite right. I don't feel like, you're just not relaxed about the whole thing. Uh,
0: Has this happened to you? No,
1: it hasn't. I mean, you work at home most of the (laughs) time. I work at home. There's, yeah, there's very rarely a fire alarm that goes off here. (laughs) But uh, that's what I imagine it might be like. Right. Okay. Well, you know...
0: I I'll tell you something. I the the power went out recently in my house, like last week yeah. the power was out for 4 hours one I think it was a Sunday morning. I was in the bathroom when the power went out. Oh yeah. And I wasn't taking a shower. <laughs> that still works. Well, yeah, I know that, but it's disconcerting a little bit when you're in the, you know, in that position and suddenly it's pitch black in the room because the 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 bathroom in my basement has no windows. Right, and there's you no had light. your phone with you though, right? Well, I did, yeah. Yeah, of, <laughs> course. of course. So it's not a problem. <laughs> Barely an inconvenience. All right. Well, on that personal note, why don't we talk about this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead. It is season five, episode 11. And another side effect of recording two days early is that we do not have a title read for it this week. So I'm just going to tell you that it was called You're Still Here.
1: You're Still Here.
0: Yeah. Do you think anybody's still here?
1: Uh I am.
0: You are. I am. And uh one point four four million other people were as well.
1: Is that up or down? I can never keep that straight. That is up S- sounds up.
0: Yeah, that is up a little bit from the week before, which was one point three seven million. And I gotta think that my ongoing theory of how TV show episodes affect them each other kind of applies here because I thought last week's episode ended up being pretty decent. And that drove
1: a small ratings increase for this week's episode. You think the word of mouth, that's, that's word of mouth. Like people go back to the, uh, that back to their offices and they stand around the water coolers. Do they still have water coolers? Anyway, you stand around the water cooler and go, you know what? Uh, Fear the Walking Dead was pretty good last week. It's like, oh, okay, well maybe I'll check it out uh, on Sunday if it's
0: getting better. I mean, I think that must happen. You know, there are probably people who do Go in on a Monday morning and they're chatting with their coworkers. Hey, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I watched some TV. You know, what did you watch? Oh, Fear the Walking Dead. I know you haven't watched it since, you know, season three, but last night's episode was pretty good. So maybe you should check it out again. And then some, they go home and think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to check out the next episode of that show and see how it goes. And then Uh, you get a few extra hundred thousand people watching. There you go. I don't know if that's,
1: you know, a, a real thing. That, that guy who does that has a lot of pull. Oh, well, obviously, yeah, he does. <laughs> Works uh, in a big office. It's like a, you know, industrial sized water cooler, uh, set in a amphitheater with a hundred thousand people in it. And he just, he's talking about The Walking Dead and everybody's like, yeah, okay, I'll go see that. I'll, I'll watch that this Sunday. I'll check that out. And then every single one of them do. Yeah. And the next week he'll go, he might say something like, you know, it was crap. Don't bother. And then their ratings go down a little bit. That's exactly right. Now, Jason, here we are. We're going to talk about You're Still
0: Here. Um, and that guy standing in front of all those people might say, you know what, that episode was crap. You probably shouldn't watch it next week. I don't know if he would say that, but what what would you say if you were standing in front of all those people and you were talking about this week's episode of the show?
1: I kind of liked it. I thought it was uh, it was another bottle episode, right? We only had like five characters, four of which are on the regular cast. Uh, unless, uh, Wes is joining the regular cast, but anyway, there's only five characters in this whole episode, except for, you know, uh, Max Headroom and his crew, but I kind of liked it. I said that at the outset and I kind of came around to it again. Hmm. Kind of liked it.
0: Well, so if you were standing in front of those people, you would
1: probably not influence them really. Either no, because way. that's a rambling piece of shit of an argument that I just made. Uh, yeah. it uh, You know, it's kind of, you know, there it was, you know, TV and such or junk or whatever. <laughs> My TV was on and I was yeah. looking at it.
0: Yeah. It's not bad. Well, you know, I- I'd never considered this episode a bottle episode. I know it only featured a subset of the cast, but it was five people, not just one or two. So we had
1: two different storylines going on simultaneously as well. It wasn't just a single story.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And they, they influenced each other a little bit, but only really on the radio. And of course they didn't really come together until the end of the episode.
1: Yeah. It came until it came time to
0: bury some, a body. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. They just suddenly appeared and they were, and Al and Morgan were burying the body. Now I didn't think of it as a bottle episode. I also didn't think it was very good. Really? Yeah. So I'd be in, up in front of that crowd of people going, you know what? Show sucks again. Probably shouldn't watch it. And now next week there's going to be a ratings dip because of me.
1: Well, I don't know. I think your analogy kind of falls apart there because I'm the one standing in front of the crowd. I assume you are in the audience going,
0: boo, boo. Sounds like the kind of thing
1: in- I the Influencing the rest of the crowd. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if you were up on stage giving a speech and I was in the audience. That sounds like the kind of thing I'd do. Yeah, you'd boo me? Well, you know, you, you need a little <laughs> bit of adversity when you're talking in front of a crowd. You've got to be able to yeah, handle Yeah, nobody that. wants,
1: you know, complete adoration when they're in front of a crowd. They, they need some, a little bit of dissent.
0: A little bit, yeah. Anyways, so this episode was, I would say, primarily about Alicia's current state of mind, why she feels the way she does, and how she manages to come back from it and you know i I say that because i think most of the stuff with morgan and al was completely useless could have been cut right out of this episode and you wouldn't have lost anything basically from from the storyline they were there because morgan said he was going to go find al and figure
1: out what she was doing Well, no. Yes. I mean, that's not why the whole subplot or part of that plot was there. I mean, it was going to happen anyway. It just, we needed to get uh, Morgan away from Grace and uh, he used the excuse to go help Al out because Al was going to uh, put her tapes in a vault. Yes, she was indeed. And I think
0: none of that was important in any way because it rehashed, um, Morgan's current storyline of trying to heal a little bit from the loss of his family. And now we're at a point where Al has convinced him that he needs to tell her about his family to facilitate the rest of his healing process.
1: We got two very important, uh, two very important things out of this, this storyline. We got, uh, we have Max Headroom getting the tapes and that's a big deal right? The fact that he has those those tapes, because that's going to make Al go fucking ape shit. She's going to go, uh, she's going to go crazy. She's going to, uh, balls to the wall. Let's go attack these fuckers and get them all dead. I need my tapes back. They're the most important thing to her in the universe. And now Max Headroom has them or, uh, what's his name? Keegan, Tugan, Logan, Logan. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was something like Morgan, but, uh, Tugan is fine. Uh, so I'm sorry. Would you say Logan? Yes. Yeah. Sort of like the Wolverine. Right. All right. Gotcha. I can get it now. So Logan has the tapes, right? Without the without them going into the vault, he doesn't get the tapes. Without some kind of uh, conflict, armed conflict with our group of uh heroes. Yeah. So this way he gets them. So that's one important thing. The second important thing is when he when asked, I was like, how the hell does he know about this vault when they broke into the vault? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was asked about the vault and he said, I said it was bigger than us. Uh so he alluded to something bigger going on, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever because the only way a uh, bigger than us uh, works is if one, they have people sitting and watching every building in the world. No, it seems like a lot of people, or there's an inside man and the inside man is not Morgan and the inside man is not Al. So who's the inside man? Okay. That's kind of interesting. I never considered that
0: option. I just thought the whole bigger than us line was a, a throwaway line of, of, uh, Logan inflating himself beyond his, his own petard or what's the phrase? Like, <laughs> I don't Yeah. Know.
1: Hoisted by your own or, you know, climbing your own ladder. Yeah. He <laughs> was,
0: I thought he was just embiggening himself for no reason. Like this is a, this is a big deal what I'm trying to do here.
1: If uh, it just showed up that one, th- that one time and when he didn't want to say why he needed, uh, you know, gasoline, that's fine. But he used it again for the, uh, for the vault thing, how, how he knew about the vault. And what was in the vault? Well, he didn't know what was in the vault, but he knew about the
0: vault. All right. So is Logan working for somebody else? Is Logan working for the helicopter people, maybe?
1: There's something else going on. And this gives us, uh, not proof, but it is more than just him trying to embiggen himself, uh, to conflate things. It's something else is going on. So that's the second important thing that we got out of this. So it wasn't completely throwaway. Okay, well Troy on our Facebook page said,
0: "So the bank only existed so Logan could get his hands on the tape. This storyline is so awful." And although I did agree with Troy when he, when I read that initially, I think the I think you've convinced me a little bit that maybe something else is going on. The problem is I just don't I I find Logan so irritating that I and and kind of useless as a villain that I I'm finding myself very, very struggling hard to to take him seriously. Or- well,
1: he's the nicest villain around. Uh, yes, he is. He's sweet. He's almost sweet as a villain. <laughs> he throws up a roadblock with armed people. He gets physically attacked and these armed people don't open fire. They don't do anything. I thought they, that was well, so they, ridiculous. They point their guns at, at Morgan, but he doesn't give a shit. Oh no. Yeah. Right? So uh, they, so they're, they're almost sweet. And then he lets him go. It's just like, well, I guess we're going to have to find another way. It's like, well, good luck. See you later. Yeah. It's like he's the sweetest bad guy that has ever existed in any television show, movie, book, video game, or uh campfire story.
0: Campfire story. Well, <laughs> I have another message here from Megan or Megan. Um uh she says the episode was just okay. I keep watching because I like most of the characters. The performances have mostly been good. And there are some decent story ideas, like a struggle for oil resources or Morgan realizing that the pain of losing his family is still fresh. But for all the possibilities, the writers have failed to imbue the show with any sense of real urgency or tension. Logan is non-threatening. I mean, is he going to do anything to Morgan and company besides continue to keep essentially saying, come on, guys, why are you being so difficult? Yeah, And I think that is a really good point. He hasn't done a damn thing. He needs to, he needs to do something. He needs to take somebody hostage or kill somebody, or even just try to follow them around and figure out where these oil fields are. Instead, he just keeps showing up out of nowhere going, are you going to tell me now? Come on, you're, you want to tell me now? Uh, yeah. I really need to know. So why don't you just tell me now?
1: He's the, uh, he's the pitiful jerk who doesn't get invited to the party. And he, he stands outside saying, can I come in? No. All right. Can I come in? No. Get away from, get away from me. (laughs) Right. He just keeps asking to come in. And I've been that pitiful asshole that didn't get invited to the party, but I didn't beg to be let into the party. And that's, that's what he wants. And it, it actually raises, Morgan raised a very interesting point, uh, that I hadn't considered. Why do you need the gas? Yeah. Is there, is there. Something you need? If there's something you need, maybe we can help you get it. Why do you need the gas? I hadn't considered that before. That's a very interesting uh, item that
0: he brings up. I that I, that is a good question. But how hard can it be to find these oil fields? Like, you know, I know our characters know where they are because of Polar Bear's journal, right? And he yep. wrote it down. But I mean, there must be a goddamn yellow pages still around somewhere that lists all the local businesses, and one of them is probably oil refinery.
1: I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm not so? entirely convinced of that. Like there's, there's things out there that are not marked on maps. Like I know that up near Collingwood, uh, there is a, uh, a Royal Canadian, uh, tank range where they fire off tank rounds all the time. I know this. It's not on a map. You can't find, I I recognize that, you know, oil field is, uh, different than a you know, a military installation yeah. where they're firing tanks. Of course. So, uh, but I don't, it might be new, right? It might be something that was discovered after the zombie apocalypse. It's like, oh, we need to drill some oil. Here's some more. I don't know how they found it. I, no. I have no it, idea. It can't be. But. You don't think it can, it can be new? No, because it's not
0: just an oil field. It's like an oil refinery where you can make gas. Don't even bring up how our characters know how to operate this thing and can still operate it and change oil into automobile fuel. But if you can just accept the fact that that's going on, this is an established company or factory that's doing this. It's not something they, they just can, found after the apocalypse.
1: They had a beer chef. They made beer. You think that the, there's somebody out there that knows how to make gasoline from oil? Yeah, it's probably, probably. it's
0: probably Althea, because she can do everything else.
1: Well, yeah, she, yeah. Even no bank combinations. You know, this raises an interesting point. Who the fuck in an interview tells some the interviewer E what the vault combination is for the bank you worked at? So dumb. So dumb. Like, <laughs> I, I thought
0: that myself. It's just, fine, you interviewed the the bank manager.
1: Some random point in the past.
0: That's- his story
1: is not going to involve the combination unless no. the combination is meaningful. Like it's, uh, the day my wife died. Uh, and you know, he's talking about the, his wife dying and it died before the apocalypse started and it happened to be, oh, and I made it, the I made the vault combination, the, uh, the date of my wife's death.
0: Right. I, I guess that would be relevant, but we need that explanation if they want us to believe that she knows the combination due to an interview. But I, I was thinking about Althea and I realized that not only can she already do basically anything the plot needs her to do, but I think they're using her interview storyline to give her, basically give her superpowers because anytime she needs to know something or like how to do something or where something is, you can explain it by saying oh i interviewed someone in the past and that's how i know this and you can the, the, you can do that with no explanation at all right
1: yeah well the the way you phrase it as a superpower it makes perfect sense to me that's mm-hmm. exactly how batman operates you think his utility belt happens to have the exact tools that he needs no, he has what's, uh, in champions, it was called a power pool. You didn't, you, you had a pool of points that you could use to do whatever you needed to do. Batman's utility belt just happens to have the exact tools he needs at any given time. Right. And nobody shits on Batman for having a magic belt, even though he does. Uh, so we can't shit on Althea for having, uh, you know, magic, uh, video cassettes. I don't because know, man. That's that's her. That's that's her superpower is that she has these video cassettes. That's all she has, right? And that's fine. Well, she had a you know super vehicle, uh, but she had th- she has these tapes and these tapes uh, collectively give her a knowledge superpower, right? She just she rolls the dice and goes, okay, your pool allows you to know this knowledge. Oh, do I know the? Uh, there's a vault here. Do I happen to know the? Uh, the combination of the vault, it's like, wow. Uh, in D&D parlance, it'd be like roll a D20, but in champions, it'd be like roll some D6 or what have you. So you, you roll and you go, yep, you got uh, you hit your target number. Uh, you happen to know the combination of that. Fucking great. <laughs> if that if this happened in D&D, it would not be a problem. If well, it happened in champions, it wouldn't be a problem. It may not be a problem for D&D
0: or for Batman, but I find it a problem here because it just gives... It, it just gives, it takes all hardship or stakes away from any situation that Al is involved with because she has an interview and she knows how to, she knows the combination to random bank vault, which I get. It's not totally random. She went there specifically because she knew the combination, but the whole, the whole scene exists because
1: of an interview. And if you look at it in that, in, in, in that way, since you put it superpower wise, I'm on board. With yeah. I had a problem with it before, but you raised the bar to superpower. <laughs> and so that, that allows me to squeak in with, uh, yep, I'm okay with this. I
0: guess we're just going to have to accept the fact that Fear <laughs> the Walking Dead now has superpowered characters. Yeah.
1: It's like Daredevil, right? right. Daredevil's blind, but he's not blind because the fucker can see. Like a disadvantage isn't a disadvantage unless it's a disadvantage.
0: Right. Well, he can see with his ears is the way they exactly
1: that. like why bother making them blind if you can see. Right. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> point.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's go back to Alicia here. So as I started saying off the top, this whole episode or a good chunk of it was about her coming back from her inability to, uh, kill the dead. And, you know, it turns out that her and strand meet up, meet up with Wes and, He's the one painting the trees. And through that and a series of events, Alicia is essentially brought back or healed by tree art and kind of what it represents to her. Yeah. Art therapy works. It's, it's a thing. Yeah, no, I,
1: I understand that. And I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, it's not meant to, you know, allow you to be able to kill again when you had a problem with killing before fair like i mean use therapy for good not for evil even though this is a type of killing that is for good sure and the nature of the problem
0: isn't necessarily in question here it's when you're talking about art therapy like that you know yeah it's art therapy can heal someone or uh, contribute to their their recovery um whatever the problem may be in this case it happens to be the inability to kill the dead
1: (laughs) yeah but um, if you're going to paint something, don't paint trees. That seems mean. Can trees get painted and still be okay? Uh, it, it, probably. It may depend you on the- You can't paint people like that and expect them to be fine. Well, I you... mean, mentally is one thing, but physically, those people that get all painted up tend to get really sick. Really? Don't you use yeah. special paint that doesn't, like, you're you? are supposed to. Oh, okay. <laughs> but there's, you know, there's horror stories of, like, uh, that uh, <sighs> James Bond- Uh, Goldfinger, they Mm -hmm. painted that lady all gold. Yeah. That really caused her some issues when they painted her all gold because her skin couldn't breathe anymore and uh, she uh, really almost died. That's bad. That's bad. So I'm just wondering if trees are fine. I mean, they're probably using like water soluble, uh, you know, paint that is biodegradable, right? Well, so they're not so. using like, you know, not going and getting some latex paint and going, <laughs> there you go, tree. Now you're fucking latex. Deal with that. Or I wonder if like old oil-based paint would be bad for trees. I would think so. I don't know. You know, they used to make paint with lead. So. Oh God. Lead-based. Don't paint people with lead. Don't paint trees with lead. So I think that they're probably using like in the show, they're using the proper paints, but uh, the chances are that Wes and uh, Alicia are not thinking about that. Sure. It's like, no. oh, I, I find paint, I use paint. I feel better now, I
0: kill. Right, because you might not know what kind of paint it is. Um, look, I'm glad that Alicia is back, basically, or at least on the way back to what she was before. The problem is I just never bought in or really understood her new condition because they yada yada over her getting to that point. For the most part, you know, I know she was affected by having to kill all those zombies when she was rescuing the kids, but then we land the plane, we jump ahead a few months and suddenly she's the complete opposite of what she was before. And I just feel like they don't, they didn't really explain it all and I never bought into it. And it was all outlined for me in the opening scene of this, um, of this episode where She's looking at the tree and, you know, zombies attack her and Strand has to rescue her. Now, (laughs) and the head pops off the zombie. Did you see that? Yeah. Well, he gets the (laughs) knife in and he just wrenches the head right off. (laughs) He just pops off. I damn near died laughing when I saw that. Well, I I didn't mind that, but did you notice the very next scene? It was an extremely awkward cut. Between uh, Strand slashing at a zombie and just before he hits it, we cut to Alicia's face and there's no squishy sound. There's nothing. It's like they just cut away and jumped into the future a few minutes or something like that. It was really weird.
1: Fuck, I wish I could do that.
0: Yeah, me too sometimes. Um, It was extremely weird. It was very awkward. It's like Strand, you know, the actor, Coleman Domingo, it's like he missed the hit or something and they decided not to refilm it.
1: But you know, you, you hide that stuff with audio, right? Like you don't okay. have the, you don't have to cut the uh, audio with the vid- visual. Right. You can slowly, you know, put it together a little bit nicer. It's not friggin' Wes Anderson movie. No, but they didn't. They didn't hide it with audio. It's like there's no, nothing. No, they didn't,
0: but <laughs> they could have, and it would have been better. It would have been better, a hundred percent. There's another audio problem later on in this episode that I bet you noticed, but I'll get it, I'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> I don't
1: think I did. Oh, God, I'll... Because you're, re- you're referring to something that I don't understand. Okay. So I look forward to this topic.
0: All right, well, before we move on to that, um, yeah, this whole opening scene, on one hand, well, on one hand, I think maybe what bothers me a little bit about Alicia's condition, and this is going to sound weird, but it's everybody else's sort of willingness to accept it. And because Strand comes and rescues her and he's done this a couple times in the last few episodes but he just seems so understanding for inability to kill zombies and I I get he's trying to support her and be nice and they're friends and they're all very like a family now but I think we needed to see some more of that and not just jump to this point because it seems crazy to me that he'd just run up and be like oh you know, you're, don't worry. Everything's fine. I'm, I'm here to help kind of thing. Maybe he's just that nice of a guy now. Like, is it me being a dick? Am I the dick in this situation? Am I? Yeah. I thought I was worried Because I didn't notice it. So that makes you the dick. Yeah. Um, and I also thought, you know, Alicia's there, a zombie comes up and she calls for Strand a couple of times, but why just stand there? Why not run away? If you can't kill them, run away. You can, you can always run away but she doesn't. She stands there and waits until the zombies on top of her and then Strand has to come and and destroy them.
1: Um, I don't know if you've ever been on a film set, but she can't run away because her mark is right on the ground at her feet. Yeah, of and course. That means she can't move. Yeah. Cuz you know, they have to if soon as she moves, they got to pull focus somewhere else. That's right. Well, sorry. I mean, you got to think <laughs> ahead of these things.
0: She needed to run away in my opinion. Um and then finally You know, she says that just before the end of the scene, she says, you ever get the feeling that the universe is trying to tell you something? And as she says this, the camera focuses on the words on the tree and the words are, you are still the beginning of you are still here or whatever. Uh, Yeah. But the blood is covering part of it and it kind of makes it look like it says you are ill. (laughs) Right. The word, the universe is trying to tell me something. You are ill. I mean, is this clever? Or ham fisted or a little bit of both, Jason?
1: Uh it's pretty ham fisted. I don't think the universe knows how to spell. Maybe not, yeah. It doesn't give a shit that much to, you know, spell things. If uh, the universe was trying to tell you something, most likely you'd probably die. <laughs> probably. It's the way the universe tells you things. Oh yeah, you're it right. It throws it throws planets at you. It doesn't spell things in blood.
0: Well, I don't know. I I thought I didn't think it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. Um, I thought it was a little bit clever and a little bit goofy at the same time. So that's that. I got two emails here uh, sort of about Alicia. And the first one comes from Justin. Justin says uh, when asked about, you know, what he thought of this episode, he said, so intense, such drama, riveting action and twists. (laughs) Oh, wait, I was thinking of something else. Fear the Walking Dead. It was craptastic. The whole Alicia can't kill zombies, but then she can, she can was the most pointless, stupid thing ever. And that's saying something for this show. So Justin. I got the joke as soon as it was, uh, as soon as you started. Well, that's from my excellent email reading delivery, I assume. Uh, yeah. Well, I, was, I think it was a combination. <laughs> okay. And then Todd in the Twin Cities writes, I thoroughly agree with your thoughts on how the show has gimpled Alicia's character. The show spent season three building Alicia into a warrior leader, only to have the new showrunners inexplicably tear that down through the fourth and fifth seasons. Recycling Morgan's all-life-is-precious storyline and grafting it onto Alicia's character with an all-zombie-lives-or-precious wrinkle is inexplicable. Why have they put her on a redemption arc? What uh, does she need to make up for this is another egregious example of the over gimplification of a character on the show. <laughs> yeah, maybe she was a little over gimpalized. She was. She's over G- gimple just got in there and gimpled the crap out of her, is the problem. <laughs> but in a good way.
1: Uh Well, you know, not in a really bad way that, you know, she, you know, when you say that she got gimpled, that could be construed as something very nasty.
0: Yeah, well, she she wasn't. I didn't I or Todd did not mean it in that way.
1: No, I know. I'm just saying anyway. (laughs) Yes. It, uh, it's over now. Can we, can we agree with that?
0: Well, I, I hope so. I guess it's over now. I mean, she killed that zombie at the end and she told Strand, she's good. And as we know, when someone says I'm good,
1: they always mean, mean they're good. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I, I mean that all the time when I say I'm good.
0: I'm good. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, Alicia's good. I I suppose,
1: as my old pipe major would say, that's a terminological inexactitude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> that guy was wise beyond his position.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> and and a complete alcoholic. Ooh, <laughs> total. He's. I can't. I wonder if he's dead. He's got to be dead. Well. Hopefully, if he's not, he's got
0: himself all cleaned up and living a good life. I would hope so. He was a great piper. Uh, Great piper, yeah. Well, um, I guess to continue on with Alicia, they have this uh, conversation at one point. It might have been in the police station, which I want to talk about too in a minute, but she she says to Strand um, that, you know, she doesn't want to kill the dead, but she still wants to help doing something, but she's not sure these things are compatible. And I, and this kind of goes back to my, my feelings that all the other characters are just so ultra understanding of her, mm-hmm. which again makes me sound like the dick. But Strand responds with, maybe they aren't compatible, but we'll keep trying until the universe tells us otherwise. So the universe, he's waiting for the universe to talk to them again.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You
0: know, but it's a, just another example of me going, come on, like, he needs to tell her to smarten up and kill some zombies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you can't do that, though. If someone's having
0: problems, you can't just yell at them out of it. Yeah, I, I know. I understand. And I, I sit here realizing that I am the asshole, but I just, I guess I just wish they'd never put Alicia in this position to begin with because it feels so ridiculous
1: well it is It 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 was it was it's a stupid plot line but the plot line's over now she's killing zombies everything is good she might we might see a couple other scenes now of her painting trees uh, in a nice loving fashion because they're so much nicer than wes's versions of them right like they're just the background and the lettering uh it's all it's all very nice her tree was good at the end there that that
0: sort of uh Bird, a bird or angel figure on it and the very, very good quality uh, typography, good handwriting or yep. hand painting
1: on the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's doing a bang up job. She is. So we'll get a couple more of those, but you know, this plot line is over. Let's just forget about it now. Yes, it was shitty. Yes, it shouldn't have happened, but now it's over and we can move on. We can move on.
0: Okay. I'm going to hope that's the case and try to heal myself after watching Alicia's terrible, like one episode plot line.
1: <laughs> there you go. Just yell at yourself until you fix yourself. That should work. <laughs> I don't
0: see any reason why not. No, you should come over to my house and yell at me until I feel better.
1: Yeah, uh, well, maybe I'll call your wife and ask her to yell at you because she's closer. That's very true. Well, sleep while you're sleeping, she'll yell at you to try and get you to be better. Oh, well, that'll work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't see why not, no. Uh, Okay, police station, Jason. A lot of this episode took place in an old police station. This is where Alicia, after they meet up with Wes, Alicia and Strand take him there because he says he wants to go and meet up with his brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as it turns out, it's not his brother. It's just some dude who um, Wes wants to kill, but the guy runs away, steals their truck, and... uh, you know, tries to get away from them with something that Wes wants.
1: Yeah. They got, they totally got Grand Theft Autoed. They did. He ran out of there with a bullet wound in his belly and he got in the truck and drove away. <laughs> he did. So I,
0: all of like, a lot of that stuff I don't think worked very well. And here's where the other audio problem in the episode comes in uh-huh. is that when that dude jumps in the truck. There was an awful lot of tires on pavement squealing for a truck that was on grass and gravel.
1: <sighs> and I was getting mad at this episode for the gun clicking as well. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a trope. Uh, I should spend a lot more time on tvtropes.com uh, because there was, uh, you know, they emptied their handguns and then went click, 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 and handguns don't do that. Generally speaking, well, I suppose they could. Oh. <laughs> Yes. I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to come back to the audio problems with the guns because I have a little bit more to say about that, but I didn't specifically notice the tires on, uh, uh, on gravel squealing <laughs> it, but, uh, that's a, that's a bad thing. It, and yeah, it's so standard now for people to notice shit like that. It's, you'd think that TV audio people and movie audio people just would stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. It again. It
0: doesn't feel like something that is that difficult to fix. Like, why add squealing sounds when you're very clearly not driving on pavement? Um, I don't. It jumped out at me immediately, and then when I watched a second time,
1: I mean, I knew it was there, but I just it made me angrier. <laughs> you know, you've done some uh, video editing in the past, right? I remember you doing some video editing for a uh, a music video and the manager of the band that wanted the music video kept telling you to do things that you didn't want to do and thought were stupid but you did them anyway because he's the guy paying the bills yeah right this was for uh, well, uh do you remember the incident i'm talking about well not specifically but it's been a long time since i actually did video work but uh, you remember the band of the weekend not the recent one but the previous one that was like a mostly a girl band yeah i do okay so you there was a video of the weekend that you were editing And he wanted a goddamn star wipe. Oh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) And uh, I remember it being a point of contention that, uh, you know, seriously, you want a goddamn star wipe? (laughs) It's like, yes, I want a star wipe right there. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Fine. You put in the star wipe and uh, away you go because he's paying the bills. So I think that this is the kind of thing that happened in this show is that uh, the audio people, whoever's responsible for adding, like the Foley artists or whoever's adding the uh, the audio to the uh, to the editing process, somebody comes in, probably Scott Gimple, because why not? Uh, you know, we need tires squealing there. No, it's gravel. It's like, I don't care. I want tires squealing. squealing there. It's, it, it's gravel. It's a dirt road. You can't have squealing on yeah. the pavement.
0: How is the audience going to know he's reversing at high speed and slamming on the brakes
1: if they don't hear tires squealing? Well, you can put in the sound of, you know, gravel, Sure, yeah. wheel spinning on gravel, that would work. It's like, no, you got to put on squealing sounds. Yeah. It'll be better. He came in and oh. gimpled the edit too. All right. You're paying my salary, so fuck you, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the uh, the FU in there, but
1: yeah. Oh, well, mentally, I'm thinking this is the kind of thing that's going on in his head. Oh, or of course, head. of course. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. that That just needs to stop it.
0: Well, I found that annoying- now, the whole tear gas bit on one hand so so strand grabs a a, a some sort of weapon that shoots a tear gas canister. a shotgun, yeah, okay, and it, it was get, a
1: shotgun shooting tear gas rounds. I don't know if that's a real thing or not,
0: well, it is in this show, and he it gets lodged in the abdomen of a zombie, so now we have a roaming tear gas dispenser, and uh-huh. he which I thought was kind of cool, sort of a cool idea, and it did. Freak me out a little bit. I thought it was clever. And I'm like, oh, my God, if that zombie was running around with tear gas. Now it's a now it's a rather frightening scene because you can't see or breathe anymore. And there's monsters trying to eat you roaming around. So I thought that was actually okay, But I then it was all ruined by Strand not just running away. Like he says, you guys run inside to safety. I'm going to stand out here and basically run towards the tear gas zombie and try Uh. to kill it when there's no reason for him not to just turn around and run inside and save his eyes.
1: Yeah, there's other zombies coming, so why not let the tear gas zombie uh, finish dispensing his tear gas outside safely yeah. without any, without interfering with his eyes? Yeah, well, I'll tell you why. Because
0: this episode needed the contrivance of taking Strand's sight away. Yeah, much like uh, Han Solo in Return of the Jedi. Exactly. They They needed... Alicia to no longer have the protection of Strand. Now yep. they were stuck in a uh in the police station most of this time, but it, it disables Strand basically, and it was sort of set up to drive home her no zombie killing policy, right? He's helped her all this time. Well now suddenly um now suddenly he can't help her. Right. And I, I'm not really saying that went anywhere. That important, I don't think, because they were safe in this police station for a while. But I think that's what they were trying to do. It um, it renders her a hundred percent helpless because she no longer has Strand to to help her out of a jam. Yep, no, that makes sense, right? Now on the other side, they took away Strand, but they gave her Wes, and Wes turns out to be this crack friggin' shot. Who can go outside and stand, stand still with a, a handgun and pick off zombies, you know, not without the odd miss, but it just, it, I thought that all felt a little too easy to be honest.
1: Yes. I mean, he did get some chest shots in there and some misses. <laughs> he had some other issues, but, uh, I mean, this is not, it wasn't uh season one of the walking dead accurate. Because every no. shot in season one was a head shot. Yeah. So it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty egregious. But, you know, he might have had a lot of experience.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he might have, but I, it, it felt a little too easy for him to just say, well, well, I mean, a point of this episode, though, was that he's never killed anybody before.
1: I don't know. Um, people. I don't know. He might. There's lots of people out there that go to, uh, to range's. You know, rifle ranges or uh, pistol ranges, and do yeah. target shooting, and don't kill people. Well, like I would say, you know, the vast majority of them, thankfully, yeah, out there they're doing target shooting. They're pro- probably pretty good shots. Yeah. Let's look at Keanu Reeves, right? We've seen all seen the videos of him uh, doing those uh, uh, those obstacle courses, learning how to use firearms for the John Wick movies, right? I've not seen those. Oh, you should see those. There's, they're pretty. Weird. Like he's using real shotgun rounds and rifle rounds and pistol rounds. And he's doing these, he's basically, they're blocking out what's happening, going to happen in the movie, but he's doing it with real firearms. Cool. Right. And it's, it looks awesome and he's doing a fantastic job and he's a pretty good shot. Hmm. I'm sure he hasn't killed anybody. And if he has, he hasn't released a, you know, released it to the media yet. (laughs) There's no YouTube videos of that happening. God. At this point, the way Keanu, how much Keanu Reeves is revered, we'd probably all collectively as a society go, yeah, okay, just don't do
0: it again. Yeah. Just think about it next time. It may not be the best choice. Yeah. Yeah. So Um,
1: uh, he might be a really good shot and never kill anybody. Fine.
0: But I don't know. I found it too easy. I think, um, I, I, I think it's. It's It says a lot about, well, what does it say a lot about? I mean, kind of the way the way these two men impact Alicia bothered me, right? Strand is her protector, and then they take Strand away, rendering her helpless, and they immediately give her another dude that can rescue her and kill all the zombies and get them out of
1: there safely. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I have to back up with him being a good shot, uh, because he did not have good, uh, firearms discipline. There was one point where, uh, the first time when they were going into the police station that his, uh, his pistol ran out of ammo, right? And then it went, he went click, 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 click. Guns don't do that. Uh, pistols don't do that when you run out of ammo. They, the, the breach opens and the trigger just doesn't do anything. They don't go click, 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 click. Uh, you know, revolvers do that but he didn't have a revolver. But then as soon as he stopped doing that, the zombie was coming at him and then Strand came out of nowhere, uh, and killed the zombie. With right. The, uh, with the, with the thing. And that's one of the, uh, if the camera doesn't see it, neither do the people, but you know, let's just assume that he was within the peripheral vision of, uh, of Wes. He was firing at a zombie when Strand was about two feet to the, to the Right of that zombie and that's not good fire discipline. Are you talking about the, when they're in the hallway inside and? No, that's the second egregious incident where he comes in and they're definitely in the line of fire and he shoots two zombies. And we know that zombies heads are soft. I mean, you stab them and they just pop off their bodies. Yeah. Like those heads are soft. Bullets are going to go through them. Yeah. So you do not point your weapon Especially when it's loaded, even when it's unloaded in a in a direction where you know there are people. Make sure that people are out of the way. Well, Alicia and Strand did jump out of the way after the first shot, <laughs> but I understand. Like, yeah. you know. After the first shot. And then he took the second shot, knowing that they were there. Bullets go through walls. I don't yeah. know if you're aware of this, but they'll go through a two by four without much problem. Yeah. No, I, I know that. They'll go through a baseball bat too. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh. Don't hide behind
0: walls. They're not going to stop bullets. Right. Well, all of that. None of this worked all very well for me. Um, however, the one scene that that did, although I'm questioning myself now a little bit on this, is the conversation that Alicia had with Wes in the police station when he's looking. It looks like he's in a classroom or something like that, and he's looking through some stuff
1: on a shelf. It's the weirdest police station ever. They have like a gymnasium with a stage on it well it was probably shot right? in a high school and a classroom <laughs> yeah. like what kind of police station is this well
0: i'm sure police stations have like rooms like that where they sit down and work on cases and stuff but that whole conversation kind of worked for me because of Wes's attitude in that scene yeah and what i mean is he was very straightforward with Alicia he he said things that tv characters don't usually say he kind of shot her down he says out loud things like you don't need to tell me a story from your past to heal my wounded soul which you don't hear characters say usually that they just tell the story from their past that's amazingly relevant to the situation they're in right Wes is like you know what we don't need to do that we can just skip that part uh, because it's not important and it's not going to work so I kind of appreciated that level of um honesty or something like that uh, but at the same time now that I've started thinking a little bit more about how sort of the relationship between these men and Alicia was questionable I don't know if if this scene really holds up that well for it but at the time I didn't mind it
1: yeah and re- remind me this was uh, still when he was sticking to the story that his brother was here yes yes but <laughs> He That's right. said his brother went out for. Oh, and then when he we finally confessed uh, that his uh, he hadn't had a brother for a long time. He said his brother went out for condensed milk. That's right. What the
0: fuck? Well, he went. <laughs> who goes out for condensed milk? Well, I mean, who wants condensed milk to begin with? But it's well, it's supplies. Was he making a quiche? Like what was he doing? I don't know. It's maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know. But you know, he should have just said he was. He went out for supplies.
1: <laughs> Never came back. Condensed milk. It's weirdly specific. Uh, you're right. I, I almost died. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? Why specific like supplies looking for food is one thing. Uh going to the grocery store looking for canned goods, maybe, but condensed milk? Yeah. What was it's weird. <laughs> anyway, it's a little bit weird. It's so totally weird. I almost died. Um, okay, so
0: you know what else really, really drove me crazy in this one? Uh, is the fact that the, uh, the guy who Wes shoots and then runs off and steals the truck, he does all this and yet our helpsters without question still want to go and find and help him.
1: Yeah. He's shot. He's gut shot. That's a, that's a painful wound and it takes a long time to, to die. They want to help him.
0: After what he did though, like they're, they're worried about going and, and helping this guy.
1: What did they do? What did he do? He didn't do anything. He was just hanging out in this police station, uh, that hasn't been raided before at all because the, the rooms were full of guns and so were the trucks outside. Yeah, that's right. The bag of shotguns in the truck outside. So anyway, I thought that if this was Wes's, like when they first got there and, uh, this was where Wes and his brother were holed up. This is what we thought. Mm-hmm. And he went into the truck and he pulled up the truck and he was he was shooting beanbags. Yeah. It's like, if you live here, why don't you know that the shotguns are loaded with beanbag rounds and tear gas rounds? Yeah. And so that that was my first question. And then my second question is, if you don't live here how come this place hasn't been raided before? And there's like shotguns and handguns lying around. That seems a bit odd. And yeah. like boxes and boxes and boxes of ammo. Well, like, you know, uh, Logan has, and I remembered his name because of Wolverine, uh, Logan said that, uh, they had a lot of bullets. They have more bullets than they know what to do with. That's right. So maybe this part of the country is so stocked with ammunition that people just leave it on the shelves like, fuck, 45, degree, 45 ammo, I don't need that. Nine millimeter, fuck it, I got lots of that. I'm already full, I can't carry any more of that. Yeah, I mean, it's like a uh, uh, an action video game, right? Yeah, that's you what I was around getting You run around at. and you, you <laughs> stock, up at, uh, stock up on ammo, and I was just like, man, I got 1,700 rounds of that type of ammo, I really don't need any more, I don't even use that kind of gun, I, yeah. you know, I should really put that down. <laughs> well some games don't let you pick
0: any more up and that's how I feel like this show works it's just yeah. you can't hold anymore your pockets are full
1: I'm thinking of fallout fallout you can like stockpile like you can't uh, carry it all but you you know you go back to your base and you it's you there load up your locker full of you know 17,000 rounds of 45 ammo it's like what the hell am I gonna use that for
0: yeah well um I don't know I I I just Found it a little hard to swallow that Alicia would radio Morgan and say, there's a guy out there running around. You got to get here quick, quick, as fast as you can to help him." And they, they drop everything and, and come,
1: but. No, you gotta, you have to, you have to live with that. That's, this is the whole nature of this group of people now is they help everybody they can. Yeah. And everybody drops everything to help everybody. Well, it's just a blanket statement. You don't pick and choose, you just help everybody. Wouldn't telling Logan where the oil refinery is help him? Yes, but it would hurt more people. So Morgan is making that philosophical, do you let one person die in order to save 50 others? Like Right. You're you're on you know it's it's that uh, that moral calculus that uh, is impossible
0: to do. He, and Morgan said as much, right? When he was talking yeah. to Logan. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and there's also another way. It's not like this is the only, the only road I mean, we can go around. Right. We can go, you know, we'll find another way to go help him. Uh You know, he's not necessarily dead. I don't have to tell you yet. You know, we'll try another way. If that doesn't work, then maybe I'll tell you later. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll tell you later.
0: Okay. So as I was saying, I liked, a lot of what Wes was given in this episode, his kind of cynicism towards everything felt sort of real for me. And some of the more thematic elements that they gave to this character, like people are people, worked kind of well for me. You know, he's just very real. He he just is like, you know what? People are people. They're going to do good things. They're going to do bad things. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, but what did you think about... You know, how the storyline with um, the guy who was shot running away ended up, and the fact that he stole Wes's book, or manuscript as they called it at one point, and that's what Wes was so anxious to get back until he wasn't, and then decided to just leave it
1: there with the dude after he was I thought it was great. That was my favorite part of this whole episode. You didn't think it was dumb? No! I thought it was the, the fact that it was so ultimately trivial in a in an apocalypse was the point. It was something intensely personal to Wes, something that he wanted back, he worked so hard on. This is the only thing he has left. His brother's dead because he went out for condensed milk and never came back. <laughs> uh you know, he's got the it, it's revealed later that he has he's the one been that's been painting the trees, like we didn't know that. I thought that was pretty cool too. But uh, he, all he has is this, this manuscript. It's intensely personal to him. He feels like he has to get it back, uh, to the point where he's willing to shoot somebody like this is, it's obviously a bad judgment, but it's something so intensely personal to him. And then when he finally catches up with the guy, he's like, well, he's a zombie now. And he goes to shoot or kill the zombie. And the guy turns around, he's still alive. And the guy attacks him. And This is like, what, you know, what do you want? It's like, I want my manuscript. That's it. I'd have given that to you if you talked to me about it, dickhead. It was pretty good, by the way. And then he dies. And then at that, that point, it's like Wes realizes: was this manuscript really worth somebody's life? Absolutely not. And what am I going to do with it anyway? It's lost all of its uh, all of its meaning to him. It's been tainted to the point where he just, you know, he wanted it so bad let him have it it's not meaningful to me anymore because it has it's, it's been ruined well it annoyed me that the guy turned around who
0: can barely walk but suddenly he has enough strength to throw a bag lunge at Wes and nearly
1: strangle him people rally at the end Yeah. you know you'd think uh there's uh, i was was it youtube i was watching a documentary on uh, uh special forces the us special forces the green berets or the navy seals or what have you uh and they're from their experience, that when someone feels like they're done, they're absolutely run out of energy and they can't do anymore. They're at about forty percent of what they can actually do. That's so. Not, there's a there's a lot. That's left. not a lot. Yeah. Yes. You the human uh, heart, the human spirit has a lot of untapped energy. You're just for some reason you're unwilling to believe that you have. Uh, you can't, you you believe you can't do any more when you can actually do a lot more when it's needed. Mm -hmm. So part of the reason that their training is so intense is that you have to break through that barrier. If you feel like you can't do any more, and then all of a sudden you're doing all this more until you physically actually can't, they run you to the, at that end so that you know where that limit actually is instead of where you originally thought it was. So, this guy's stumbling down the road. He thinks that, you know, he's been shot. He's gut shot. He's, uh, it's painful. He thinks that he's at the end of the end of his life. He doesn't have anything left. And all of a sudden he's confronted with the guy that shot him. Uh, he just, he rallies. Right. And it's perfectly natural for someone to rally and be able to do that in my mind. Okay. Well, you've brought me around
0: a little bit on, on the manuscript, but, initial reaction for me was just like, that's it. He's looking for this. And now he doesn't even want it anymore. Well, the triviality of that whole thing is part of the point. It's part of the point. Right. And, and, but the other thing is too, it, 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 it's what brings Alicia around too. She reads the last page of the book and realizes that it was, was Wes painting these trees. And, um, you know, and then he wrote the book for his brother. She finds all this stuff out And she realizes that you can't find what you need in other people. It has to come from yourself. And that's kind of what brings her back to this whole realization that no one's gone until they're gone, which is a thematic element to this episode that I really liked. It may not be super um, original or anything like that, the idea that people live on in the memories you have of them and stuff like that. it's not the material things. It's you keep people alive by remembering them and talking about them. Right.
1: Yeah. No one's that, gone until yeah. they're gone. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think there was a philosopher that said, uh, every person dies two deaths. There, the first one was when they actually die. And the second time they die is when the last person has a thought of that, of them. Right. That's, Horribly depressing to think about. It is horribly depressing, (laughs) but you know, it, yes, they're not gone uh, until their memory, uh, the memory of them is gone.
0: Yeah. And that's what was going on here. And I think that's what Alicia realizes.
1: And I, and I, I can see how
0: all of Wes's stuff with this, this dude plays in. So, um, I've come around a little bit, I guess, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it was more in the end for Alicia than it was for Wes, because we can move on from whatever Alicia was going through. Yeah. Uh, Strand, is it just me, or do all of his lines feel weirdly stiff and emotionless when he delivers them? The guy, or at least maybe the same emotion, I feel like the guy has not varied his line delivery in like two seasons now, and it's starting to get to me.
1: yeah. I mean, we all suffer from that, right? No. We're not professional actors. Uh, Yeah, that's the point. He
0: is, and he should be able to (laughs) portray a little bit more, a a few different more emotions in his lines. So uh, I don't think Strand has, you know, contributed that much to the show in a long time now. And
1: Maybe he's phoning it in. Maybe he's mentally thinking about uh, his garden.
0: I I, I, if, I feel like he might be phoning it in because he's walking around going what the hell am I doing on this show
1: anymore. Yeah. It's so. like Alec Guinness in uh, Star Wars. <laughs> right. Alec Guinness I mean, in Star Wars. He's a fantastic actor. He's a you know uh, Oscar winning actor, I believe. But uh, you watch Bridge on the River Kwai and then you watch Star Wars, he fucking totally phoned in Star Wars. It was still good because it's Alec Guinness, but it was totally not the level of uh acting that this guy can
0: pull out if needed well coleman i think you're a great dude we had a nice conversation once but stop phoning it in man we want more from you we expect more from you on this show
1: yeah i mean we all get kind of disillusioned maybe he's in the valley of despair You know, we all get there on projects where (laughs) you get into that valley. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he's in that valley of despair and he just needs to pull through it. And uh, maybe he's at what he feels like his limit, but it's only 40%. Well, good point. Good point. He needs to to work through it. Yeah. Um, Or quit. Like, fucking move on. I mean, everybody else, all the other main characters are died, except for Alicia. You know, you can die too if you really want. Yeah. It's that kind of show. Talk to somebody. No one's really been killed off on this
0: show in a while though, eh? No main character. Uh, Nope. It's been a while. So we're either overdue or people just aren't going to be killed off this show anymore.
1: Yeah, well, what what have they got? They don't really have any any conflict. They got this, you know, completely benevolent bad guy who's like, come on, tell me where the oil fields are. (laughs) No. Come on. (laughs) If you don't tell me this time, I'm just going to ask you again. I'm just going to ask politely again. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. As we know, that doesn't work with kids, right? You ask them nicely, and if they don't do it, you just keep asking them nicely because eventually they will do it. That doesn't work, right? Not really. I mean, uh, <laughs> if anything, that's just going to drive you insane. <laughs> yeah. No, I have much harder limits. Right. I ask nicely twice, and I ask nicely, and then I say I'm asking nicely for the last time, and then- After that, what I was asking happens. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Well, sounds like you've got it
0: all figured out. Yep. All right. Well, out of all of this, Jason, I think you have made a number of good points. However, the one I'm most interested and excited about is that something bigger is going on with, with Logan. And I sure hope so, because Logan's got
1: nothing going on by himself. Yeah. There's gotta be something going on there. If there isn't, then we're in trouble.
0: Yeah. There we're in real trouble. If there isn't, there needs to be something else. It makes me feel better about how useless Logan is that maybe there's some, some more powerful force behind it. So God, I hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, any, any, any other thoughts on this episode before we uh, wrap things up here?
1: Yeah. One more thing. When, okay. uh, uh, when Al was describing the uh, the vault, when after she typed in the, or entered the combination and they opened up the vault, she said, "You know, we got six inches of reinforced reinforced concrete with uh, uh, a so such and such a big door and a passive air air filtration system." <laughs> yeah, it's like that's a fucking vent. Like, why would you say it? Put it in the phrase of a passive air filtration system. It's a vent.
0: Well, she wanted to sound important, or they wanted the audience to be slightly confused and, you know, in their own minds, make this vault feel like the most secure place in the universe. Yeah, with a passive air filtration system. Right. And it has all these things, and then Logan can just use a truck to tear the door down anyways, so what are you going to do?
1: Yeah. I mean, even my butt has an active filtration system. You've been holding on to that joke all no, hour, I haven't No, I just you? thought it. I just thought of it. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> oh, anyway. Passive air filtration system, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought that was, uh, it was author intrusion. I've talked about that before. Oh, yes. It's just like, really? Did, did somebody write that line? And then somebody else went, yeah, that's a good line. And then they gave it to the actor and the actor said, yeah, I'll say that. And they said that. And then the editor went, yeah, let's leave that in. And then it showed up in the, in the show.
0: Jason, the, the entire season has been like that for me. Not every episode. I've, I've admit there've been some that I've thought were, were okay, but man, season five overall, I can't help but think this got through writers, editors, sh- yep. you know, showrunners, everybody, and then AMC okayed it to broadcast. I don't, sometimes I don't understand how that is possible with this show these days, but this episode, not great. Last one was, was okay. So
1: they're what, up and down. What about Morgan falling down because his stick was too short? Oh, yeah. That was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> would he fall down? I mean, he's he's a, uh, a honed instrument of stick-wielding death. Uh, would he, f- A, forget his stick was too short and, B, fall down because of it? I mean, the stick has been recently
0: broken but it's not that recent we just didn't see any of the interim time but you'd think he would have adjusted to it by now yeah and yeah i i mean it if you throw yourself off balance you might with that much force you might fall down but no i'm going to say i don't think he would fall down if he just missed a swing like that to me that scene felt like a blooper that they kept in it was so ridiculous <laughs> oh i don't know yes Really? I, I know it wasn't because the next scene he gets up and Al makes a comment and it, 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 that, that at the same time, they just kind of blow it off, right? She's like, maybe it's time for a longer stick. And he's like, no,
1: I'm fine. And that's well, it. Well, they might have added that in later. I mean, if it was a blooper, they've you know famously left in bloopers before. Chris Pat with the uh, the Infinity Stone case, when he was handing it off to somebody, he dropped it and then you know quickly went down and caught it and stood up again. That was a complete blooper that they left in the movie. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Which movie? The Star, Star Lord, or sorry, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Chris Pratt, when he had the, uh, the Infinity Stone inside that case. Yeah. And he first got it and he went to the, uh, to the guy, to the fence to hand it off. And he, he picked it up and he hand, he was about to hand it to him and it fell out of his hand. And then he, he jumped down and grabbed it before it hit the ground. Oh. And stood up again and handed it to him. That was a blooper. Interesting. They left in. Okay. So. I'm not uh yeah, I, I I kind of believe you that if it was a blooper that they did leave in this kind of thing has happened before but I don't feel like it was a blooper. I think it was supposed to happen.
0: I think so too. I don't think it was a blooper, but the way it was played on the show and just I I I'm sorry. I felt it it looked a little comical uh Morgan swinging that thing and going down. So it yeah. it felt like a blooper, but
1: I don't really believe it was. Yeah, we've all, you know, done things a million times and then fucked it up uh at some point like i've been chewing my own food for 40 some odd years Uh, every once in a while i still bite my tongue yeah well i've been
0: walking for the same amount of time and every now and then i slip on ice but you know well you know
1: ice you have to walk like a penguin like penguins don't fall unless they really want to you just you keep your always keep your center of balance over uh, your feet, sure. both feet No, I get all it. times. I
0: get it. But sometimes I fall down on ice and that feels like yeah. a real life blooper to me.
1: Yeah. So, so it happens. And the other, the last thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, Logan, uh, ripping off the door of the safe with a transport truck. Right. Not so, possible. Well, this is my question. No, I don't disbelieve that the amount of torque that those trucks can put out are massive, mm-hmm. right? put it in low gear and those suckers can haul a lot of weight, but pulling on that door, that reinforced steel door that has, you know, uh, four inch fucking hardened steel pins that go into the, the outside of this, that vault door, having that being pulled by a transport trailer on gravel. Yeah. Oh, it might have even been pavement. But even so, I don't disbelieve that th- that those vehicles can put out enough torque to do that. I disbelieve that there's enough friction in the tires to accomplish the goal. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I think the tires would spin before
0: uh, it would actually pull that safe door off. I wasn't sure myself. It did seem a little far-fetched to me. Uh, and the way everything vibrated and shook while I thought it was going to be a plane down? crash.
1: I'm like, oh, fucking
0: cool. Plane crashes into the building? Well, no, I can. Uh, we can go with no more plane crashes on this show. I thought maybe there was an earthquake or something weird happening. Like, Yeah, some, it was a little earthquakey. Yeah, it, it did feel like an earthquake, but it wasn't. It was just this truck yanking on the door. Now, could you tell, did the door rip off or did yeah. like the concrete around the door come out? Or both? Uh,
1: maybe both. Both? I think the. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> maybe Borth. Maybe Borth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It looks like a pretty clean cut. So maybe the concrete around it. But if that's the case, then, uh, this door wasn't as well designed as Al said it was. Yeah. It, it should have gone through the passive air filtration system. You think it was big enough for uh, a human to fit through? Oh, they usually are in movies. So. Yeah. I mean, where would John McClane be without, uh. You know, a really big passive air filtration system <laughs> that's right. Nowhere, <laughs> yeah. All right,
0: well, I don't know if anyone out there has any uh thoughts on a transport truck engine pulling a, a safe, a bank vault safe door off. Let us know because yeah. I'm curious. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, if you ever
1: tried it and were successful or not, let us know. Got to be somebody, yeah, maybe an older. Like this is a pretty old bank, right? Could be. Maybe an older bank. You remember, you know, poppers downtown Toronto, they have that bank vault. Oh, you're talking about the pub downtown that has a bank vault. Yes. Yes. The pub downtown used to be a bank. You can actually sit in the bank vault. They have tables in the old bank vault. Uh The door is like welded open. So there's no danger of getting stuck in there. Right. Drinking yourself to death. Anyway, I look at the size of that fucking door. Like that's a big door. That's, That's the only real experience I've had with, bank vault doors mm-hmm. is in a bar. <laughs> okay. So, cause I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time in banks going into the vault. I don't think I've ever been in an actual bank vault. No, no, me either. So that's in the size of that door was about equivalent to the size of this door. So I'm thinking old bank vault. That sucker looked like it could not be ripped off its hinges or even the whole friggin' thing be ripped out the whole door frame and everything be ripped out by, a uh, uh, a transport, maybe, maybe a huge, uh, like tracked excavator, uh, could do it. I don't know. They, or those things that drive around garbage dumps with the big spiky wheels, like the big metal spikes that dig into the, uh, <laughs> into the garbage. Sure. Maybe or, one of those. Maybe a tank, you know? Uh, yeah, maybe a tank. Cause it's got treads, right? Treads, right. And they're, they're meant for being super grippy on shit. Anyways, the whole point is those doors are not meant to be pulled off easily.
0: So yeah. All right. Well, um, that's going to do it. I think for, for this episode, it was up and down all over the place, I would say, but at the end of the day, I didn't think it was that great. And I'm glad we can move on from it in, in a number of uh, ways. Yeah. I mean, we can move on.
1: I, I, I kind of liked it.
0: All right. Well, that's, that's good. Uh, before we end here, I want to thank everyone who has recently decided to support the podcast and just one person this week, Jacques D became a new patron on Patreon with a very generous subscription. So thank you Jacques for that. If you would like to help support the Talking Dead podcast, you can do that. You can be like Jacques and you can go to patreon.com slash the talking dead, where you can make a monthly pledge as small as a buck. A month, or really any amount you want, and it, it it helps a great deal with the costs going into putting on this show. If that's not your thing, you can also make a one-time donation at talkingdeadpodcast.com slash paypal. And I've been meaning for weeks to put an actual like button link kind of thing on the site, so you don't have to remember what to do. You can just go to the website and there it is. But for now, talkingdeadpodcast.com dot com slash paypal, and that'll forward you to the right place. So. Um, both great ways to help and we appreciate everyone who does a great deal next week on fear the walking dead jason is a new episode called nair tamid uh, i don't know exactly if that's the proper pronunciation but someone will maybe correct us uh, that's coming up Um, Well, longer from now than usual, because it's only Tuesday and not Thursday, but that's next Sunday, of course, and we will be back the following Thursday with our podcast covering that episode. So that's Nair Tamid, the next episode of Fear the Walking Dead. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can visit that website. Once again, it's TalkingDeadPodcast.com and send us a voicemail with the link at the top of the site. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheTalkingDead. Finally, of course, you can send email, which is a great way to do it, to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. All right. Having said all that, uh, enjoy next week's episode of the show. I hope we all do. And we will be back the following uh, Thursday with our coverage of it. So until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
1: Ciao.